Hi, I'm Jack and welcome to Thoughts from the Bottom Left, a weekly podcast in which co-host Joel and I converse on the most important issues facing today's society, whether they be political, philosophical, or anything else. Welcome to the first instalment of Thoughts from the Bottom Left. Uh, today we talk about what actually constitutes the podcast name, uh, taking the political compass test uh, and giving our answers to the most important questions that build a political and social view. Joel and I, prior to completing the test, uh, consider ourselves libertarian socialists, and so our answers uh, and the final outcome should both echo that accordingly. So we're just going to jump straight into the first question. Uh, today we're only going to be doing the economic part of the quiz and later in the week we should uh, maybe upload the more social and personal part of the test. Just to cut in here, um, apologise for the for the poor audio quality, we're in quite a large echoey room. If economic globalisation is inevitable, it should primarily serve humanity rather than the interests of transnational corporations. Personally, I think this is a rather explanatory answer. Um, I don't, despite what Mitt Romney says, corporations aren't people. And I think humanity is something that we should prioritise over the profits of companies. So I strongly agree with this question yeah, myself. Yeah, I think that um, everything must serve humanity over the interest of transnational corporations, uh, every single economic movement. Question number two is, I'd always support my country whether it was right or wrong. Uh, well, my country often makes decisions that completely contradict with my beliefs, namely following George W. Bush into the Iraq war. This is something that I strongly disagree with because I'll stand by my principles no matter what my country does. I think instead of strongly, I agree with this in the sense that, in the political sense, nationalist patriarchy is completely unneeded. And then question four is, our race has many superior qualities compared to others. Um, so, obviously, of course not, absolutely not. That is racist and completely bigoted and ridiculous. Uh, I think you agree, Joel? Yeah, I didn't think that I'd have to say racism is bad in the year 2020, but here we are. Yeah. Uh, no one chooses his or her country of birth, so it's foolish to be proud of it. I mean, I, th- I think I agree with this. Um, just as I do with, you know, question two. Uh, once again, we're talking politically, and I think that patriarchal nationalist ideas are, are completely ridiculous. Some people are also born into countries that um, aren't reflective of stability. Like some people are born into poverty, uh, situations that they don't really have a choice to be proud of. So I don't think it's necessarily uh, like a necessary. Uh, Necessity to be proud of where you're born. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Well, yeah, I strongly disagree with this because sometimes the enemy of your enemy is a terrorist. Okay, you so should not make friends with terrorists. I mean, I disagree. Uh, uh, maybe not strongly because there are instances where simply being anti-establishment, in a sense, uh, constitutes a political friendship. But that is only in the sense that. 
people are anti-establishment in a peaceful way, of course. I'm not a man the barricades anarchist. I don't think so anyway. Military action that defies international law is sometimes justified. So I'm going to say disagree, not strongly disagree, because my strong disagreeal is not exactly with the prompt itself, but simple, simply military action for the most part. As someone who, I, I guess, identifies as a pacifist in the most sense, for the most part, just as Bernie Sanders does. Um, and Jeremy Corbyn especially is an example of this. He believed that certain things were important and certain military action was justified, but for the most part, remains uh, a pacifist. And certainly the action that defies international law is particularly bad above military action in, in general because the illegal wars that we've seen, such as in Iraq, have not turned out to be good at all. They've turned out to be fruitless. Saddam Hussein didn't have weapons of mass, uh, mass destruction, as George W. Bush and Dick Cheney said. And I think when you commit a war crime, it always comes back to bite you. And committing a war crime itself is a heinous crime when you murder civilians who are completely innocent, nothing to do with the war itself. I am against that kind of aggressive military action. But then I think that I guess the disagreeal isn't necessarily with the defying of international law, but the cases that have defied international law and how they have reflected upon such an action. Uh, there is now a worrying fusion of information and entertainment. I, I agree, I guess it's a less important question, but um, I suppose that a lot of entertainment nowadays is sort of news-based, the, the classic talk show, especially in the US, are very, very popular. Uh, yeah, I, I think there is, maybe not worrying, but I, I do agree. Right, but when you've got those comedic shows, their premise is to be funny, not necessarily to be accurate, and exactly. that could misconstrue the information itself. Especially with someone like uh, John Oliver, who is very news-centric and politics-centric. Uh, people are ultimately divided more by class than nationality. I strongly agree with this in that there are, of course, conflicts between nationalities. But I think especially seeing the, the, the war between class, especially like somewhere in the UK where there's a lot of really lower down working class people and a lot of the upper class, the, the monarchical types, um, the, the sort of speak with received pronunciation. Um, they are the sort of people, I guess, who cause more conflict, I think, than anybody outside of the nation. I also think, going back to question one, which was economic globalisation, I think economic globalisation kind of uh, bridges the rich people from multinational corporations between companies, which isolates also the lower classes within those societies as well. That is absolutely true, yeah. Uh, controlling inflation is more important than controlling unemployment. I think this is an absolutely ridiculous question. I strongly disagree. Of course, controlling unemployment is more important. That's something that needs to be uh, reflected upon our society today, especially in the UK, with ridiculously high unemployment levels and subsequent austerity levels. I, I think controlling inflation is far, 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 far less important. I disagree with the statement, not strongly though, because I think controlling inflation is also important in itself. Because if you devalue your currency completely, then that's going to affect every single aspect of your society, not just the lower classes. Okay. Uh, because corporations cannot be trusted to voluntarily <coughs> protect the environment, they require regulation. Uh, absolutely. Um, I'm a young reporter for the environment, and <clears throat> I absolutely agree with um, not just regulations but quite harsh strong regulations 
on um, the use of non-renewable energies and not going green for businesses because once again this comes back to the pursuit of profit for especially transnational and and, and large um, monopolizing corporations that believe that the only goal is profit and not uh, a sustainable environment that they, their children could live in. Right, that's the point I was going to make because companies only serve to make profits and deliver that profits to their shareholders. They don't serve, they don't exist to uh, help the world around them. They really exist to make as much money as they can. And I believe that is truly a sad reflection on, this, on, on, on society in general. Uh, from each according to its ability to each according to its need is a fundamentally good idea. I mean, if you've, if you've read the Communist Manifesto, you should recognise it as a piece of uh, literary brilliance, political brilliance. Karl Marx was an astounding man, um, and he promoted a true communism that uh, cared for the community. And I think I agree with the principle, maybe not strongly, because although I do, I love the Communist Manifesto and Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels, I still think there are some holes. Um, but uh, first of all, the passage that that's in in the Communist Manifesto is absolutely beautiful if you want to read it. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so the wording of this is what kind of confuses me and trips me up because it says it's a fundamentally good idea. But in practice, I think this uh, drawn out will lead to the seizure of assets, which is kind of an, uh, it devolves into authoritarianism, which is something that we both strongly oppose, which is why I disagree with this particular statement. Because I think that despite taking from the rich and providing that for the poor, it's fundamentally what we support. I think that could devolve into assets being seized from the higher classes uh, without really any repercussions. Which is, which is why I, I, I think I agree, because I think if fundamentally the principle is strong, but then we need to consider in practice, this is the argument against communism and for capitalism. Um, the, the, uh, you know, it's just... People think it is not uh, a, a strong economic system in practice, and maybe that is the case, but I do fundamentally agree. Right, so Milton Friedman said democratic socialism cannot exist because socialism has to be enforced uh, with authoritarianism, which is something I disagree with, but it's an interesting point. Because uh, taking from the rich isn't something the rich are gonna necessarily be happy with, no matter how many people uh, in the lower classes are supportive of this and the rich people especially in oligarchies that we're seeing in kind of minor in a minor capacity in uh, countries like America they have a lot of power in lobbying politicians and they are going to be defensive of their assets um, on to the next question it's a sad reflection on our society that something as basic as drinking water is now a bottled branded consumer product um, I absolutely completely strongly agree with this it, it is a sad reflection on our society as a lot of things in this test are i suppose but it's just one of those things where once again it's just capitalizing on need uh it is the fundamental principle of of capitalism is is is, is charging people for what they want uh, or what they need more like uh yeah so i can i completely agree i agree but um i wonder what the the alternative would be if there would be state-provided water, like bottled water. Yeah. Um, but, but also, um, bottled water is obviously very important. And um, 
I agree that kind of branding and capitalizing on the need of people is unethical, but I don't think I think there are some things that the free market should be able to sort out. I'm not necessarily saying the water's one of them, but I don't think complete government influence is necessary in all sectors. Once again, I think there's something really important for this test, especially is taking things with a pinch of salt and sort of considering them in the realms of a hypothetical and less in practice. Uh, land shouldn't be a commodity to be bo- uh, bought and sold. I am a libertarian socialist. This is the thing that I strongly agree with. It is the fundamental principle, once again, a term I keep using a lot, of libertarian socialism. Um, land should not be bought and sold. Land should be owned publicly. As someone who believes in free will, well, I, I, who wants free will, and someone who... Um, Case for the rights of people. I think that this is definitely a good idea for land to not be a commodity to be bought and sold, and once again feeds in to that um, far right authoritarianist sort of idea of, of buying stuff and making as much money as possible. Right, and when land was considered to be a commodity, that's when the Native Americans and the indigenous population in America were wiped out of what was their country. So I think it's a dangerous slope to kind of monopolize the idea of land. I think that land is a basic necessity that isn't something that should be exploited as a means of making money. Uh, It is regrettable that many personal fortunes are made by people who simply manipulate money and uh, contribute nothing to their society. I think this is a simple one. Yeah, absolutely, strongly agree, 100%. Yeah, I agree as well. Uh, Protectionism is sometimes necessary in trade. This is a very difficult question for me. Uh, I'm not sure how I feel completely about protectionism, but I think I disagree for the most part. Um, But once again, in practice, it's important to consider this theoretically, but also practically, and I'm unsure what it would entail practically. I actually agree with this statement because uh, protecting the work and um, industry of your own company, uh, sorry, country, is what should be prioritized over all else. And uh, sometimes with trade deals such as NAFTA, that's when you start to lose um, the, the labor of your own country and that's when the industry starts to decline in your own country. So I think that you should prioritize the industry that is currently in your country. Uh, the only social responsibility of a company should be to deliver a profit to its shareholders. This has been answered already, I guess. Absolutely not. Uh, people are far more important than money. That is my, my that is my belief. Uh, so I completely disagree with it. I completely um, disagree with this statement. I'm with you. I don't think that corporations necessarily. I think that what they do is serve to the best ability of their shareholders. But I don't think that's how they should serve. I think that they should serve in the interest of humanity, which is something that was answered and touched upon earlier. Uh, the rich are too highly taxed. I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous. Of course, they're not too highly taxed. They have way too much money and nothing to do with it. I mean, uh, you could give many explanations of why, but we can just uh, just briefly mention the ridiculous austerity levels in the UK. Once again, unemployment. Uh, these people are awful, for the most part. Um, and they deserve to be taxed much more highly. I don't want to necessarily vilify the rich, but um, I don't. I think taxes being increased is a part of the solution. But I also think closing loopholes for people to pay the nominal tax rates and reduce the gap between nominal and effective tax rates that the rich are paying, which is something. 
Uh, governments should penalise businesses that mislead the public. I mean, this is, once again, I think a ridiculous question. Of course, I strongly agree. Um, the misleading the public is one of the main um, benefactors of a, of, a, of a capitalist ideology, especially when used in, 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 in business. Um, misleading the public is, is, is a ridiculous, criminal thing to do. I think sometimes the ramifications of misleading the public can be so significant in the event that, uh, let's say, a drug company falsely advertises the benefits and downplays the side effects of their product. That could be that could cause a, catastro a catastrophic impact on its users. A uh, genuine free market requires restrictions on the ability of predator multinationals to create monopolies. A genuine free market, I think, should exactly have this as one of its um, uh, one of its leading uh, um, initiatives. Obviously, um, predator multinationals are a cause of a lot of uh, problems, not just in the UK but all across the world and it's one of the things that I fundamentally disagree with. I also think that when you've got an, uh, an industry truly monopolized by two or three companies that will ruin the industry for the rest of the small businesses so if you break up those monopolies you don't also provide welfare for your, uh, the people of your country you also provide small businesses the opportunity to grow and small businesses being able to grow and innovate is what tr truly a free market is. And also you should focus on the individual member of society and not just those who are in charge. I don't agree with the whole people above to be obeyed uh, idea. Um, so I think that the small business should be prioritized, if anything, over a, 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 an, already, um, an, already, an already massive multinational corporation. Uh, the freer the market, the freer the people. Um, I think I disagree with this um, in that the free market entails you can buy what you want and I disagree with a lot of things being possible to be bought. Once again, I struggle with practically ap applying this sort of idea. Uh, how about you, Joel? Uh, many American libertarian, uh, libertarianisms kind of fall into the category of anarcho-capitalists and they view the welfare state as a restraint on power. But, uh, and freedom, but I don't view the welfare state as a restraint on freedom. I view it as a pillar of freedom. The ability to do whatever you want without having to worry about if you get sick, if your insurance covers a certain thing, stuff like that. And that is the more economic side of the test done. Of course, the next, uh, the next part is going to be more of... Um, social. A, a, yeah, a social, a, a sort of um, personal... Uh, idea, I guess, on more philo philosophical ideas and more societal ideas. So we're just going to end this um, part of the test with a with a little quote. So I would also like to get your opinion on this one, Joel. But this is um, uh, to be a conservative, um, as philosopher Michael Oakeshott, the movement hero, once put it, is to prefer the familiar to the unknown to prefer the tried to the untried, fact to mystery, the actual to the possible, the limited to the unbounded, the near to the distant, the sufficient to the superabundant, the convenient to the perfect, present laughter to utopian bliss. I know I think, I personally I believe this shows one of the major setbacks of, of, conservatism, of conservatism. It is simply taking what you get. Uh, are we not allowed to think in a utopian way? Of course we are. Perhaps um, this is, it isn't completely possible, but I think that a, a more social, um, a social, uh, just a community, 
uh, in general, society in general needs to be more social. Um, and thoughts of um, the utopian over-present after, I think, are, are much better. Conservatism places at its, fun, uh, at its fundamental level something that is completely convenient and only convenient for the few. But they believe that that sort of makes up for what isn't, isn't given to the people who think in a, in a more utopian manner. Um, so yeah, perhaps this, this quote was meant for that sort of purpose, um, but if it is from a capitalist, I, I, think, I think it's completely ridiculous and it completely contradicts the point that the, the capitalists make in favour of them, or conservatives make. What, do, what about you? What do you think about that, Joe? I think this is something that's uh, kind of uh, overwhelmingly dominating conservative and neoliberal politics, that nothing can ever get better. But what we should be striving for is for everything to get better. And the idea of politics is to make people's lives better, not to maintain the status quo and enrich yourself. And I think that we should be striving for true innovation, which is something that you touched upon. True innovation is something that uh, many capitalists hang their hat on as a, as a result of the capitalist society. But I think that it's come to the point where we are losing innovation. Uh, innovation is no more. We have just stuck to the status quo for too long. Capitalism and, conservative, and conservatism stump societal growth. That is exactly what they do. It is absolutely ridiculous and pathetic to assume that nothing can get better, that no uh, revolution is possible. We're looking at green revolutions, we're looking at these social revolutions that someone like a social libertarian or even anarchists, anarcho-communists, anarcho-syndicalists hope for. An important thing to mention is that social libertarians and anarchists are not bad people. We don't always want to man the barricades and throw Molotov cocktails at all of the capitalists. We just hope for a social renovation, if that is the word, where we can be a better society, be a more caring and hopeful society. Because perhaps, maybe we'll touch upon it in a later episode, perhaps there is absolutely no meaning to this existence at all, and we care completely about money, not about our social growth, about our personal growth, about our friendships with other people. Conservatism stumps social growth. I'm going to say it again because it is absolutely true. And that about wraps up the episode. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Jack underscore Merriman. Jack spelled J-A-K. That will be in the description of this podcast, actually. Um, next episode, we move on to the more social issues discussed in the political compass test. And then perhaps in future episodes, more philosophical or social ideas. And I would be very happy to receive suggestions in the comment section. Also, make sure to rate this on the iTunes store, uh, because that is how we, we grow as a podcast. And especially uh, if, you, if you've enjoyed this one. Also, next episode, we're hoping for better mic quality. Of course, we're not rich. We are students. We are trying our best to sort of get ourselves out there in, in a society that makes it sort of hard and, a, and an electronic age that makes it a bit more difficult. But I would really appreciate any support for Joel and I, of course. And uh, yeah, I think that about wraps it, up, wraps it up. I will see you next time on Thoughts from the Bottom Left. Mm-hmm.